Beloved by God Church, I greet you. May God fill you with peace and God's grace. Relevant to this, I want to talk about a very important question which will depend on our growth in faith where every one of us would be able to test and examine ourselves whether we are in the faith. It says, test yourselves whether you are in the faith. And in Second Corinthians, as it says in 13.5, that you examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? How can we test ourselves that whether we are in the faith? There are many signs by which we can examine ourselves and test, our, test ourselves whether we are in the faith. I will bring forth ten signs, although there are many more of them. The first sign is knowing that Jesus Christ lives within us. I trust that you know about this. The next sign is knowing that we are in Jesus Christ. The third sign is that we is knowing how you need to uh, react to sorrows that we experience in life. The fourth is how we need to treat our church. The fifth sign is knowing how you need to differentiate the church from the synagogue of Satan. The sixth sign is knowing how you need to treat people from whom we are able to receive the forgiveness of sins as well as the inheritance of God's promise. The seventh sign is knowing how we need to honor God with our tithes and our offerings. The eighth sign is knowing how we need to treat our neighbor or one another within our church, which gives us the right to the power to pass from the state of death into the state of eternal life. The ninth sign is knowing who we need to consider wicked within the church. The tenth sign is knowing how we need to treat Satan as well as wicked and lawless people, the world, and as, as well as those within our household. Considering that these ten signs have been uh, elaborated quite a bit within different uh, sermons, I want to focus uh, on the third and not which has not been elaborated on, and that is how we treat uh, suffering or behave when it comes to suffering. When this trial occurred in my life, people asked me, why did this happen? Why did this occur with you? Do you have a revelation as to the reason behind this? The thing is that sorrows are suffering for the truth and not just. This is also uh, overcoming a deception uh, and uh, maybe evil slander that is against you loss of uh, possession, uh, spouses, children, maybe those that are close to us. I want to focus on the uh, illnesses that may come upon, upon people, the saints. People have the opinion that the righteous should not be sick, that this is just the lot of sin, uh, sinning Christians, but that's not the case. According to scripture, sorrows that uh, and illnesses 
are actually the lot of a righteous person, as it is written in Psalm 34, that there are many sorrows and trials a, a person may experience, and he preserves a person. Many are afflicted of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of all of them, and gar- he guards his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. Psalm 34, 20 through 22. Here's not referring to physical death, but spiritual death that a person will, will be delivered from by God. It's written, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. They cannot harm the spirit, but those who hate the righteous will perish. They will be, they will die. It's written, the psalm, the righteous will die, may die, but the people are not in awe, and no one is considering that the righteous uh, is delivered from sin. The righteous perishes, and no man takes it to heart. Merciful men are taken away, while no one considers that the righteous is taken away from evil. He shall enter into peace. Isaiah 57, 1, 2. And so why do illnesses come upon a person? And what does God get from this? And so what does the righteous himself say about uh, illnesses? If God did not need a person to be ill or had no uh, uh, purposes for it, then God would not have allowed it to happen. And so what does God intend when it comes to illnesses that come upon a person? And what does the righteous receive himself from the illnesses that may be allowed? The answer is that God receives the ability to boast about the righteous one and is praised in his illness. A person receives the ability to praise God within his illness by trusting in God. As it says in Psalm 11, 5 through 7, the Lord tests the righteous, but the wicked and the one who loves violence his soul hates. Upon the wicked he will rain coals, fire and brimstone, and a burning wind shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous, he loves the righteous. His countenance beholds the upright. That is, his face is, his countenance is uh, in love with the righteous one. God, who who is like a potter, he knows when he prepares these pots, they will be able to uh, overcome uh, very hard temperatures within the oven when they're put in there. And only one that is actually able to overcome this trial, this heat, can then uh, experience this in Christ so that the uh, promise that is at the door of our hope can be opened up in our heart. And so, as it says, because God, having allowed darkness to be in the light, has also shown us the light in our hearts. And so, as it says, that we would be giving glory to God and not ourselves. This is all written in Scripture. We, in difficult situations, we are not disappointed. We are reproached, but we are not abandoned. We will not perish. And we always carry within our body the death of the Lord the deadness of the Lord Jesus Christ so that the life of Jesus may be opened up in us. We, being alive, are often committed to death for the sake of Jesus Christ so that the life of Christ can be opened up in our mortal flesh. In 2 Corinthians 4, 6 through, 8 is, 6 through 11, it's written, In illness, the wicked and the lawless, God is demonstrating His hatred, His, his 
and condemns them to death. According to scripture, whatever trial may come upon a person, he thanks God for this, and he is sick for God. As it's written, who differentiates the day for the Lord differentiates, but the one who does not, does not. Who eats for the Lord, he eats for the Lord, and he thanks God, and who does not eat for the Lord, he does not eat for the Lord and does not thank God for none of us live for ourselves and none of us die for ourselves. We live for the Lord, we die for the Lord, and that is why we live, whether we live or die, we always are the Lord's in Romans 14, 6 through 8. The key words in this place of scripture are that because we are always the Lord's and if we are in health, we, uh, we are in health for the Lord, and if we are ill, we are ill for the Lord, because we are always the Lord's. It's unfortunate that in, for, in its most part, Christianity uh, is very selective to the truth that is in Scripture. As they look in a, men, a menu in a restaurant where they choose and what they select and what they don't like and what they do like. And so to inherit the promise, which is the reward of our inheritance that is in Jesus Christ, it is necessary to fulfill all of God's commandments, to trust upon God and upon His Word in health as well as in illness, in success as well as in the absence of success. He did not allow all to die as uh, Jacob did, where he had literally foretold the destiny of his children. Elisha himself, he got ill, if you remember, and he did pass away. The the friends of Apostle Paul as well as Apostle Paul himself would get ill as well, and they had the Dr. Luke that would accompany them and help them uh, in time when needed. And so when uh, Paul had written to the Epiphrodites that I I sent to you my servant or the Lord's servant he desired to see you although he sorrowed about this that you you heard about his illnesses for he was sick before his death but the Lord showed him mercy and not just him but me as well so that there would not be more sorrow in my life and so I have sent him his uh, companion so that the church would rejoice and be glad. This is written in Philippians 2, 24 through 28. In his time, Jesus, speaking to Simon Peter, and as all of the righteous ones said, Simon, Simon, the devil asked to sow you as the wheat, but I asked, I, I prayed about you that your faith not be uh, diminished so that you be established and your brothers as well in Luke 22, 31, 32. Often a sick person remains with his illness in uh, solitude as a grain of wheat and it is important here that our faith not be uh, dissipated as the five virgins. When this illness came upon me, I turned to God in prayer for mercy and in my heart there was a word given. In Isaiah 66, 9, it's written, this is the word that I got, shall I bring to the time of birth and not cease delivery, says the Lord, shall I who caused delivery shut up the womb, says your God. And so there's the question, why is it people that are 
in your situation uh, that end up in uh, sick and those that deserve it are not sick. And so if in my heart I would not have had these words of Scripture, the Holy Spirit would not have reminded me of them. And when he heard the response, uh, the person that asked me the question, why is it that uh, people like me get sick? He, he, I responded to him with the places of Scripture, and he was in great awe. So there is a furnace of suffering, and we in this furnace would be cleansed from any kind of dependence on things of the earth. Psalm 12.6, the word of the Lord in pure words, like silver, tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. We need to uh, keep within our pure heart the word, and it needs to be cleansed from any kind of earthly impact in the furnace of fire, uh, close our, our spirit into the rock of the Lord. As it's written, Isaiah 26, 2 through 4, open the gates that the righteous nations will... Uh, which keeps the truth may enter in you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you and so one who is strong in spirit is one who keeps the truth within his heart and keeping the truth within his heart that is cleansed from any earthly influences in the furnace of fire indicates the fact that we are in faith or as the apostle uh, John said we walk in the truth not having in our heart truth that is not impacted or influenced by the world, our spirit will be uh, in state, in the state of uh, of good. But if it is influenced, we will be in a difficult situation. And when we uh, are going through or experiencing something or a misfortune in life, our spirit needs to strengthen us. And if it is not strengthening us, we then in our time, due to our hard heart, did not receive the truth uh, that we ought to have received. And so if we would have received it in its pure form, God would not have the need to cleanse it within our heart. A spirit of a person overcomes its weaknesses. Proverbs 18.15 We need to clearly know that any truth is planted in corruption when we're in the corrupt body, but what the seed that is sown in the mortal body within the God, time that God appoints will arise in immortality. So 1 Corinthians 15, 42 and lower. So also in the resurrection of the dead, the body is sown in corruption and is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness and it is raised in power. Galatians 4, 12 and lower. Brethren, I urge you to become like me for I became like you. You have not injured me at all. You know that because of physical infirmity, I preached the gospel to you at the first. And my trial, which was in my flesh, you did not despise or reject, but you received me as an angel, even as Christ Jesus. We will remember that 
only because of sorrow that uh, that comes upon us do we receive the ability to produce fruit to God in patience, which is the key opening for us the treasury of our hope. And so, being justified in faith, we have peace with God because of Jesus Christ, by whom, by faith, we received access to that grace in which we stand and we boast about in the hope of His glory, and not just Him. But we also boast in infirmity also, because because of this infirmity we receive perseverance, and because of perseverance experience, and in experience there's hope, and hope will not, will, will not shame us because the love of God is poured then into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I speak to all of those that are sick and in sorrow in the nation of God, Although you may feel uh, like you're in solitude, you're forgotten, God is uh, exalted within your sickness. It's hard for us to understand that, but if we trust upon God and upon His Word and we overcome these illnesses, we produce perseverance, the fruit of perseverance in this way. The kingdom of God is given not for practicing of spiritual gifts, but for bearing the fruits of perseverance. And so may God be blessed within your sorrows, within your illnesses. I rejoice for you that you are faithful in the Lord and I greet all of the saints that are within our church immovable foundation. I greet you and wish you peace for your souls. May the Lord be with you. Amen.